Today in Agronomy on KFILAM AM 1060 with Pioneer Field Agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's February 19th, 2020, and this is episode 12, Allie. 12 already. It's hard to believe it's been that many episodes since we started. Well, we spent a pretty good chunk of time um, talking about crop nutrition and kind of a whole series there. And today, Allie, we're going to flip gears away from crop nutrition and talk a little bit about variable rate seeding. And I think it's a good time. I think some growers are kind of you know, maybe looking at March is almost here, and when it gets nice, we got to pull the planter out, and maybe it's time to start getting some VRS recs together and, and on the monitor. And, uh, you know, we'll maybe start with corn, then we'll cover soybeans second half alley. But, um, yeah, what do you think about VR, VRS corn alley? Where should we start? Well, like you said, so we'll go ahead and start with corn here maybe in this first segment, but I think variable rate seeding in general is just a topic that we're continuing to get more and more questions on. And I think you start to ask yourself, well, why is this a good thing? How is it helping my return on investment? And I think ultimately, what sort of information can that bring to your farm outside of just increasing profitability that are that are good things to hit on? So for starters, I mean, high level, why is variable rate seeding good? I think it just allows us to really fine-tune some some of our corn seeding rates across our acres so maybe putting those higher corn seeding rates in more productive areas of the field and then decreasing those rates appropriately for maybe lower areas of productivity or just kind of those problematic areas across our across some of those acres but I think another thing to look at is when we're making these variable rate seeding recommendations is as we're developing that strategy, maybe what are some of those different decision zones that folks are choosing to break up those acres into, Josh? Yeah, and I think that's, um, you know, really when you look at VRS VRS for corn, it's really the decision zone creation and and how are we developing those. And in most cases, I think to really make this go, we need to go maybe just a little beyond soil type. I mean, it's a good place to start. And on some farms, it might work okay. But having uh, the yield history, that cropping history is extremely important. And, and it's also extremely important when you look at just having a data strategy of what are you doing with your harvest data, how you you layering that multi-layer, and, and being able to really put a history on these farms of management and performance. And I think that's number one is, you know, how do we create those decisions on alley and and, you know, it's something you and I get involved with sometimes. And in, I think in a lot of cases, if it gets a little bit challenging, it's when we don't have a really great history of, of yield information to really help us make that decision. Well, that was kind of my first thought when you talk about where it's maybe appropriate to really use those different soil types. And that's where I look at if you're in the first year of maybe renting a particular acre, like you mentioned, we just don't have that back end yield information. That's a really nice place to start. But when we look at those acres that we've been accumulating this this yield data, especially for the past few years, you can really start to fine tune a lot of things because that data is coming off to us in years where we've had high precipitation, lower, droughtier type years, and it really allows us to understand what those different areas of productivity can or cannot do across those corn acres. Yep. And then from there, if we have that, then then I want to take it one step further and, and really take a look at what's my, what are our fertility levels, you know, in those areas. And, and when you look at, okay, if we got a history, you know, this area, the farm, that 14 acres or whatever out there has been super high yield. Well, do we got the fertility there? Is it just naturally good productive soil? But as a result of it being really high yield, have we kept up with crop nutrition? And I think the other part you know, it kind of goes to phase two of this when you look at at having all that information, creating that decision zone. Then I think the the really big challenge becomes, Allie, is if we're going to VRS, and this is probably where we haven't connected the dots, in my opinion, is 
if we're going to go out there and put some higher seating rates and lower seating rates, you know, how do we also manage that population increase or population decrease? And, and I think to really make this work locally, Allie, that's probably the piece that, that we've maybe missed, that if we put more population out there, can we manage that acre different along the way as well? So really what you're saying is that similar to planning population increases in those areas of high productivity, those are also where we'd maybe recommend increasing the nitrogen incrementally from those lower productivity acres to the high productivity acres. Yeah, it could be nitrogen. It could be sulfur. It could be even our our P and K levels. Um, Are we keeping up there? And, you know, sometimes when you get farms within balance, you know, are we removing more there and maybe some low areas that we're not removing, we're building up because we're flat rating P and K and other things. But, you know, to me, if you are going to verberate seed, I think there are farms that it can save cost up front. It can increase ROI from, from managing yields better. But I also think locally, um, where some farms, we don't have a lot of variability. Now, if you look at verberate seeding, let's just say I got a pivot and the corners don't get covered. That's a no-brainer lowering population there. You're going to save money. You'll probably increase yield. You know, one thing we have locally, Allie, is there's times we go across a farm and uh, there's variability, but it's not a 100 bushel an acre variability and sometimes just in my opinion that if you don't have variability of maybe over 20 bushel in my experience it may be hard to calculate ROI where I think locally where we do have some farms that don't have 50 hundred bushel swings across them uh, we have some that do but to me being able to pair management with VRS is the ticket to maybe get this to, to give us better return on investment long term. And maybe along with variable rate seeding, like you mentioned, in, in a field with lower variability, I think just maybe understanding your hybrid at those different populations is where you can start to grasp some of those variable um, rate seeding positives as we look at Im- implementing this across our acres. Back from the break, we'll go ahead and break this down a little more in depth on the soybean side of things. 